is two girls, one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. This episode is sponsored by Framebridge. We are your ghostesses, Corinne and Sabrina. Hello, what's up, guys? I feel like it's been so long. It does feel that way because it's been a while since we recorded because I was out in California, so we recorded like three episodes in one yeah, week. Yeah, ahead of time. And then I feel like... Which was a lot. I, because I was gone on vacation with my dad and my family that I like wasn't able to see you as much when you were in LA. And I'm used to talking to you every single day, maybe like multiple times a day. So... I feel like I've been missing yeah. you in my life and this podcast. Aw, thanks. <laughs> I actually was feeling guilty because you would text me and like try to keep up with me while you were on vacation. <laughs> and I am just already a person that's bad with my phone. And so if I'm with anyone else, I just never touch my phone. And I was with someone consistently for nine <laughs> days straight. And so I'd look at it and be like, oh, Sabrina texted me. And then I'd just not text you back. Well, it's, I'd but it's, it's funny because... I feel like <laughs> I feel like the crazy girlfriend in our relationship <laughs> because sometimes I look at our phone like our messages and it's like all blue and it's like paragraph after paragraph. <laughs> Why aren't you responding to me? <laughs> I'm sorry. And then the other thing is if you ask me to do something half the time I do it and then I just don't respond. <laughs> and then the next time I talk to you I'm like, "Oh yeah, I did that." <laughs> You know what? It works for us. It's fine. It's okay. It's good. It works. Uh, by the way, I did the thing that you texted me about right before. I emailed oh, back. Oh, good. The thing. The thing. That thing. Um, what thing? Speaking, speaking of things, our microphones, or shall I say my microphone, <laughs> often. Oh, this debacle. It's only happened to me twice, and it's happened to me yeah. every other episode. I had a lot of issues with clicking and popping and yada And warbles so, and alien voices, you know, the whole shebang. Yeah. A lot of people have given us recommendations on microphones and mixers and other things that are called things that I don't know <laughs> what they are or what they do. They're all things. So just bleh. Yeah. Yeah. But my friend John, who I've known since I was five, he is an audio technician. And so he came over tonight and is letting me borrow equipment. And he set me up. Oh, John. He said, where do you record? And I brought him to, into my bedroom and put my chair next to my nightstand. And he was like, here? <laughs> I was like, yes. We are so goes, unprofessional. one day you'll get to be in a studio. Yeah. We're very, very unprofessional at this moment. If you guys did not know. Was, he goes, where does Sabrina record? I said, under a tent in her apartment. <laughs> in the very corner of my apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He wasn't, he was, I can't tell if he was impressed or disappointed. Uh, impressed, obviously. Yeah. You know, we, I think we do okay for our situation. We do, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. All right. right. Uh, oh, okay. So I have something exciting to tell you. What? It's not that exciting. But, so every time I'm with my family... Don't say that. Don't say it's not that exciting. Well, I just don't want to like, get it your hopes up. It could be the most exciting thing I've ever heard. Right. So I'm gonna like keep your. You I'm gonna like keep your expectations low, and then you. Okay. Know. Okay. So when I was with my family, we went to Aspen to go skiing, and whenever I'm with my dad, we like immediately start talking about ghost stories or like, you know, just the typical conversation. In my family. So Saturday night we were at dinner and we, I don't even know, we just started talking about ghost stories and my dad was like telling all these stories and experiences that he has had and we all started talking about reoccurring dreams again. But then we went to this hotel called Hotel Jerome, which is a haunted hotel in Aspen and it's super historic. And I'm so jealous. um, We went ghost hunting. No way. You actually did? Did you walk through, like, the halls and try to find the doors of the rooms Mm -hmm. that are haunted? So so we were sitting down and we had a drink. And um, my dad, brother, and Nick all came in to meet us in the bar. And they said as they were walking into the hotel, they saw a glass of water and, like, a thing that knocked off a table that no one was sitting at. Oh, my gosh. No one was near it. And What in the heck? Yeah. Right away. Right away. As soon as they entered. Right away. And my dad is, like, you know, the most spiritual person. He's experienced so much in terms of ghosts and the paranormal and right. possession and, you know, all that stuff. All the fun stuff. You know. Yeah, the casual. 
Just your average Joe Schmo. <laughs> Schmo. Schmo. I can't even say it. Fuck. Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo. Joe Schmo. Um, but so then they saw a painting and it said, it's like this boy, I'll, I'll post a picture of this on Instagram, but it's called The Water Boy. And it's... <gasps> Wait. What? I think I know this. Do you? I'm going to show you this picture. Look. Can you see? Oh. Kind of. Oh. No, I was thinking there's some painting called, like, The Crying Boy or something, and it's supposed to be haunted. Oh, I think I've heard of that, too. But so this painting is, like, very clearly, like, it's a ghost. It's a little boy, and it looks a little, like, foggy and watery in a long hallway. And so after our drinks, I went up to a bartender, and I said, is there a story behind The Water Boy? Because, like, it was just, like, an odd painting for, like, the aesthetic of the building. And she goes, she just like starts laughing like nervously and was like, uh, yeah. Oh, oh no. <laughs> Why are you asking me? Shit. Um, but she was like, I guess when the building first opened, there was a man who was working late at night and he heard like the pitter patter of wet feet and a little child's laughter. Like as if a kid who had like just gotten out of the pool and was running down the hallway. So he went to go check mm-hmm. and he saw all these footprints, water prints like water footprints and there were no children and so he like went to the front desk and he was like are like are there any children in the hotel like I think one is like running around the hotel it's late at night like their parents are probably worried about them there was no child a nightmare it's literally a nightmare I know this is a movie I think probably Probably. everything's a movie nowadays a little wet child Mm -hmm. at midnight or later or 3 a.m 3 a.m but the um front desk was like no actually there are no children staying here there were like a few hotel guests that night and none of them had children so since then a lot of people have seen footprints like water footprints on the third floor so i'm sure there's more to it and i'm gonna have to look it up and maybe we'll do a whole episode on the hotel but we went up to the third floor and did a little like ghost hunting and that sounds so it was so much fun i took a video of the whole thing i haven't watched it back yet but I was like, maybe I'll catch something. Wait, it reminds me, not to interrupt no, your story, but someone had just posted on our Facebook group, someone did catch a ghost on film recently. What? You saw it. You commented on it. It was, they were on a ship and the person felt like something was there, felt a presence. So he just filmed really quickly and didn't see anything as he was filming. But then looking back, there's a woman Oh like yeah, golden dress, and she just walks through the wall, and they think it's the wife of like the old captain yeah. or something like that. Oh my gosh, it's. I mean, like, I really hope I watch it back, and there's a ghost. <sighs> but like, as long as it didn't yeah. come home with me, you know. But um, I know my dad. It sounds fun because you did it in a group. I know, but if and we were, were all alone, drinking be... a little bit, a lot of bit, um, liquid courage. <laughs> yeah, liquid courage. And my dad was like, oh my, like, there was one part of the building specifically, or the hallway, where he was like, oh my god, like, I feel, like, really cold. And he, he was like, feel my body. And you could, like, feel, he, it's like, his hand was really cold. Um, but then he was like, and then he, like, jumped and scared us. He was like, boo! <laughs> we all freaked out. <laughs> but then he said he, he said he actually did feel a little, like, on edge up on that floor. But, like, who knows if it's, like, what you, you know, expectation versus reality. Right. Um, but it was really fun. And I'll post a picture. It's so interesting. If anyone knows more about that hotel, let me know. I'll. Oh, that sounds so it awesome. It was really fun. You had such a luxurious trip I know. to Aspen. I felt like. And even included ghost hunting, which is, like, what a dream. <laughs> Yeah, it felt a little uh, bougie, more than I'm used to. I was thinking about it today. Like, honestly, I was like, I am such a simple person. Like, I don't need much in life. Like, honestly, what made me, what will make me so happy is if I see our reviews get to 666. Like, that is a simple desire. <laughs> but how much stress will it give you if it goes from 665 to 667? It will just make me cry. Like, I, I'm going to get emotional <laughs> thinking about it. We're so close. We're at 665 right now. (laughs) I know. I'm really nervous that they like, or everyone review us until we get to 1,666, or we get to 666,666. Jesus. Doable, right? Are there that many people that listen to podcasts in the world? Probably, but not to ours. Maybe. You know who I bet doesn't listen to podcasts, but who I saw. Who? And I started to tell you the story, and then I was like, no, wait, <laughs> I can't tell you yet. 
Okay, tell me. So you had already gone to Aspen, but a bunch of us went on Thursday night. We went to Hamburger Mary's, Mm -hmm. which is a bar in West Hollywood that has drag queens. And we went to bingo. So we played bingo with drag queens. And it was a, oh, it was so much fun. Anyone who lives in Los Angeles or in the California area or is visiting should go to Hamburger Mary's. It is so much fun. The so the hosts of the show were obviously drag men in drag, and I think they have women in yeah, drag as do. well. There weren't any the night that I was there, but they are just so hilarious and so witty mm-hmm. and can respond so quickly to the crowd because yeah. everyone's there getting drunk. Right. And we went on a charity night, so the bingo you're playing to win things, but then they also auction off a few things, and it's meant to raise money for charity. Oh, that's cool. Um, and someone who is big in charity is Janice Dickinson. Mm. So we didn't know that she was going to be there, but we walk in, and Caitlin immediately spots her and goes, oh, my gosh, Janice Dickinson. <laughs> but then the rest of us were like, huh, what? And we, like, just kept walking, didn't see her. We get to our table. We're sitting at our table for maybe five minutes, and all of a sudden, Janice walks up to our table. She goes to your table. And literally everyone was just, like, mouth agape. It, like, didn't say anything. Everyone was just staring at her. She's like, hi, ladies, and just started chatting. And then she goes, oh, I just need lipstick. I need something. And then she... Everyone's just kind of like, like, what do we do? And then she points at me and she goes, I want the lipstick that you're wearing. So I grab it out of my purse. And then she goes, no, I want you to put it on me. So I held, (laughs) with one hand, I held her chin to keep her head still. And with the other hand, I applied my lipstick on her. Oh. And then it was just probably the coolest moment of my life. But no one took a picture of it. (laughs) Gosh. Wait, how did, because everyone was so in shock that they couldn't put it, they couldn't get their phones out to take a picture? Right, and also it was kind of like a moment where it happened so quickly that I don't think anyone knew if it was acceptable to take a photo, she would be upset by it. But then you guys were taking videos of her all night. Well, yeah, because then after she goes, because we were talking to her, and then after she was like, shall we get a group picture, ladies? Uh. And so then we're like, oh, shit, okay. And we all started taking pictures, and then she started showing us how to, like, pose model. Like a model. Ugh, she's so cool. Because she was on Vogue before we were born on the cover of Vogue. She's so she beautiful. She has a house or had a house in Boston, because I was just telling her that I signed a lease in Beacon Hill, and she was like, oh, my gosh. She told me what street she lived on and everything, and I don't remember so anything, she so I can't stop her offering her home to you? Yeah, I think so. She, I even met her husband. She she ran and grabbed him and brought him over. First she... Was like, meet the girls. And then she was like, she just signed a lease in Beacon Hill. So <laughs> Honestly, she knows a lot about me that's now. that's a fair exchange. You gave her some lipstick and she gives you a house. Right? That's what... Uh, and she... Yeah. Her daughter's our age. So we could hang. You could live with her daughter. Have her contact. We didn't get that far uh, in the combo. Next time. <sighs> Too bad. That is so cool. It was really and cool. so Los Angeles. And my mom was like, well, what are you going to do now? Because she knows that I'm such a germaphobe. Oh, with your lipstick? <laughs> yeah. You could just, like, frame it and then get a new one. Already bought a new one. <laughs> I went out the next day. Because you can't say no to Janice Dickinson, right. but I'm also such a germaphobe. Like, even when someone takes a sip out of my straw, I'm like, oh. But I, get, <laughs> I got over it, you know? Yeah. No, I get that. It's fine. It's fine. I kind of, like... <sighs> I don't care about germs. I'm like, you know what? What doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Yeah, I'm not that way. <laughs> Must be nice to be you. What was that? What was that cartoon when we were younger? There were a lot. Oh my god! I don't know. <laughs> it was about he was, he was like a blue. Blue's Clues. No, no. Scooby Doo. Uh, um. No, 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 no. He went inside the body. Oh my god! What is this called? He went inside the body. He was like a blood cell or an antibody or something. Oh, my God. What is he? Osmosis Jones. <laughs> I've never heard of that. He's a white blood cell. Oh. He's a policeman white blood cell. And then he just, it's about him. Like, oh, is he the little? Stop a deadly virus. He's blue. And he like kind of like has a wide stance, but small. Yes. I think I know what that is. <laughs> uh, that took too long to remember. Uh. We have, okay, oh, this is an exciting thing. We've gotten what? so many emails in the past two weeks, which is super exciting for us because so many ghost stories, but also means that it's going to take a little bit longer for us to respond, but it's so cool. Yeah. We have so many ghost stories. 
sorry if you have to wait a few weeks for us to respond yeah, to you. We promise we will. We'll We're doing our best. Yeah. Oh, but it is really exciting. I love... And people are getting really creative with their subject I know. Line, so I'm like, shh. Ugh. You see someone, you're like, I can't wait to read that one. I know. I see there's one in our in our encounters folder that I want to know what it's about. Well, you will find out because it's one of the ones that I'm reading. Okay. Who's first? I don't know. I'll go first. It was so long ago that we recorded. I know. I'll go first. Okay. Okay. This one freaked me out. Okay. This is from Sarah and it's called Haunting from My Childhood, Now Haunting My Child. A familial affair. Yes. Okay. Hi, girls. I've been wanting to email you for a while now, but I've been afraid to acknowledge recent events. It has been a very long time since I've experienced anything of this sort, so I haven't been sure if I was making things up until the other night. I apologize in advance for the long story. So my childhood home constantly had something spirit-related going on. My entire family experienced ghosts of dogs, a cat, and even some birds. But the most memorable was the man with the red eyes. Ooh, that's not good. No, but I do love the little zoo of ghost pets that they did see. I know. Thinking of the uh, good things in that sentence. Uh, Okay, I was around two or three when it all started. Things would constantly get moved around, voices could be heard whispering in the dead of night, and we would hear heavy footsteps pacing the hallway. My parents often found me talking or playing with someone, but they never saw anyone there. It's like imaginary friends. They're actually ghosts. (laughs) Dead people. I see dead people. (laughs) You are probably the scariest child. (laughs) I'm scared of you just right now when you say it. I'm way scarier now than I was as a kid. I was so cute. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, when I whisper things, I smile, but you just go completely dead. Yeah. Well, it's like my spirit. My soul is dead, so it's fine. <laughs> you tap into it. <laughs> my happy self is actually the possession. My demon self is the real me. <laughs> Okay, okay, okay. Mm, Okay. One morning, while we were making breakfast, my dad saw me lift a few inches off the floor and fall across the kitchen like someone had picked me up and tossed me. What? (laughs) Oh my god. This really spooked my parents, which only made the activity increase. (laughs) My dad would hear... I'm just picturing, like, a little child being thrown like a rag doll. Yeah. Oh. Of course I would terrify your parents. Because that's something right. that can't ignore. Like, it's it's one thing if your kid's like, oh, I am talking to someone, like, this person keeps telling me to do something. But it's another to physically see your child get tossed. Yeah, you don't get, you can't just jump and throw yourself. It. I mean, that's such yeah. a specific movement, yeah. though, of being picked up and then horizontally yeah. chucked. <laughs> so creepy. Okay. Oh, God, okay. My dad would hear screams of, daddy, help me. From the basement, only to find me asleep in my bed or at our elderly neighbor's house. The screams for help were so loud that the next door neighbors could hear them and would call immediately to check on us. You're kidding. Oh my god. Like, th- this is everything that we talk about, about demons and mimicking. and. Oh. The more scared my parents got, the more I would get shoved and tossed around. When my brother was born, things quieted down and almost stopped, but only for a few years. Fast forward a little bit, my brother is five and I am eight. My brother was always falling down the stairs. Things would fall on him from high cupboards, and he was always getting into some sort of accident. He had just seemed he had just seemed a little klutzy and unlucky unlucky. But all kids are, right? At least we hoped. Mm. Yeah. Not with what's going on in your family. No. It had been a few years since anything major had happened, so I think we were all in denial. One day, while my parents were out, my brother came running up the stairs and was hysterical. The man with red eyes, he won't leave this time. I went to investigate and didn't see anything, but I could feel someone watching me. Through the years, we have tried to make light of that experience, but whenever it is mentioned, my brother will get a sick look on his face and will leave the room. I never got a good look at the red-eyed man, but I often saw dark shadows and could feel his presence lurking. I am now 25 with a family and a two-year-old and a new baby of my own. 
I have been out of my family's house for almost seven years now, and those seven years have been peaceful, until recently. The feeling of being watched and someone lurking in the shadows has started to creep up on me again. I've tried to chalk it up to the exhaustion of being a mom, but I know better. A few nights ago, my daughter was standing next to the baby's bassinet watching her sister. All of a sudden, I saw her get thrown back across the floor like someone had just shoved her kind of really hard. Oh. She didn't... I know. She didn't just trip either. Have you ever witnessed someone shove another person so hard that their body kind of folds as they fall down? It was exactly that. Later that night, she woke up screaming, no, 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 over and over again. And him instead, not me. I've never had such a strong urge to puke in my life. She went back to sleep without a fight and hasn't said a word about what happened. In the days since, she has said things like, we aren't haunted, are we? And you saved my life at night. Oh my God. Oh my God. And she's too... Oh my god. Oh. My husband is skeptical because he has never witnessed anything, but I know better. I grew up with his stuff and I refuse to let my daughter go through the same thing. Thanks for a great podcast, girls. It's comforting to know that I'm not the only one experiencing the paranormal. See you on the other side. Wow. I don't even know what to say because this is terrifying and this is something that's currently happening. I know. Well, it's so interesting to me that it seemed to disappear while she was growing up younger and now it's back because she has children who are like at that prime age of seeing spirits but like i feel like it's probably the same thing right yeah it sounds like it and it would make sense from what we know about certain demonic spirits that are kind of very unfortunate hammy-downs in families it's so scary. I told her to to look into saging and blessing her house and doing those kinds of things. Yeah. I wonder if spirits will attach themselves to certain families and continue to visit the descendants because maybe it's easier for them to tap into the fear of the people because they've heard stories or had experiences themselves when they were younger. Right. That maybe they get a result more quickly. I wonder. But then I also, it could go the opposite way where you can desensitize yourself and become much more of a stronger shield. Right. Against those things. But I think maybe it's also the the belief that it's gone away and you kind of finally get that peacefulness. Like she said, for seven years, she never experienced anything. So you have that, you feel like you can kind of like let go of that stress, which maybe mm-hmm. at that moment, like when you let go is when it comes back in. Yeah. That's so scary. Oh my gosh. That's horrible. I want to know what the little girl's seeing. I <sighs> want her to... Me too. Describe it. I don't want her to be touched. No. I don't want her... No, I don't want anything to happen to anyone. No. It's so scary. And that she was like, you saved me at night. I'd be like, girl, you are sleeping in my bed right next to me now. Yeah. I'm going to tie a string to you, and you're never going further than two feet away from me. going to put a bunch of different amethyst rocks around you and... Glue them on some you. some white copal over you. Just breathe it on you. Make her some dresses with crystals on it. Put holy water in her drinks at night. <laughs> Spike her drink, but with holy with water. holy water. Cleanse everything... Maybe even, like, frame a picture of Mary Magdalene or Jesus or... A cross. I don't know. Or... An angel. Yeah. Or frame a, a picture little, of a sage little stick. Cherubs. <laughs> little cherubs. Yeah. Floating through the sky. And you can use frame bridge. Yeah. Oh, yes. I love yes. frame so bridge. We have to... It's actually... It came at the into our lives at the best time possible. Yes. For, yeah. So we want to tell you guys about an amazing new service that we found. It's called FrameBridge. They make it easy and affordable to custom frame your favorite things. So that means art prints, posters, photos that you have on your phone, anything like that. Yeah. So it's super easy. All you have to do is go to FrameBridge.com, upload your photo from your computer or directly from your Instagram feed for them to print. Or if you have a physical item like ticket stubs, art prints, posters, anything, they'll provide you with secure prepaid packaging so you can mail it in for free. 
You can preview your item online in any frame style and then choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers. And the expert team at FrameBridge will custom frame your item in days, not weeks or months. And then they deliver your finished piece directly to your door, all ready to hang. And the best part is instead of hundreds of dollars that you pay at framing stores, which I have totally done, their prices start at $39 and all shipping is free. It's amazing. Plus, all of our listeners can get 15% off their first order at FrameBridge.com when they use the code TGOG. FrameBridge has thousands of five-star reviews and even offers a happiness guarantee. If for any reason you aren't 100% satisfied with your order, they'll make it right. To make you happy. To make you happy. And we are happy. Are you happy? You should be. You can be with FrameBridge. I actually just sent out my FrameBridge this morning, which is good timing for us to talk about it. I ordered a... So I already had a photo and it's been sitting in my room for a year and a half unframed because it was such a weird dimension that I couldn't Mm -hmm. find a frame that fit. And I was trying to like mess with mats and different frames, but I wanted all of the photo to show. It's a, it's a photo of the tugboats in Portsmouth, New Hampshire with a little bit of snow on them. So a local photographer took it. And so I bought his photo and now I just shipped it in the prepaid envelope that they sent me, shipped it off to them to put in the frame that I picked out. So exciting. I know, I'm stoked. I've been wanting to make like a um, like a gallery wall in my living room. And I'm so excited that we found Fainbridge because now I can finally do it. And I ordered some photos from Society6. And then I like also looked on Instagram and found some of my favorite artists. And then I ordered some from there as well to frame. Such a good idea. Yeah. So get started framing your photos or your art today and you can go to framebridge.com and use promo code TGOG to save an additional 15% off of your first order. Yep, just go to framebridge.com and use the promo code TGOG. framebridge.com promo code TGOG. All right, let's see what messed up email I have to read. Yeah. <laughs> We actually, side note, someone emailed us today asking if they can send us a really happy story because they weren't sure if we did those. Oh, we do. <laughs> we do. We, do. we really I have love one. those. I'm going to read. You know what? I'll read the happy story right now. Okay. I have a happy story to end with, too. Okay. Well, now I'm going to end with a scarier one. That's good. We'll balance <laughs> so it I'm out. this one first. Okay. This one's called Lil Reincarnation in the Fam. This is from Erin. She writes, Okay, a short one on your reincarnation episode. By now I'm binging through and have one for everything you've done so far. (laughs) This is now two emails in two days, so let me know if I'm being annoying. (laughs) (laughs) You're not. When my little sister was born, we brought her to see Nana Rogers. She was our great-grandma and a truly incredible woman, a real matriarch. She immigrated to the States from Ireland when she was 14, leaving behind her family and never seeing most of them again. That's so hard. I can't even imagine how tough that would be. She lived to be 99 and was 90 when this happened. Damn, Erin, you're going to live a long time. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) If your Nana lived that long and she went through some crap, you're going to live till you're like 120. Yeah. We brought my little sister, Annie, into the apartment, put her on the floor to crawl around and said hi to everyone. I sat down and watched Annie crawl straight to Nana Rogers from across the room with no hesitation. Nana was smiling at her and picked Annie up and put her on her lap. Then they just sat there, staring at each other. Annie was stroking Nana's face, and they were literally gazing (gasps) into each other's eyes, smiling at one another. Soon enough, everyone was staring at them like, uh, what's happening here? (laughs) It was honestly the eeriest thing I've ever seen. It was like we were all looking in on a private moment between old friends oh my mom went to pick up annie and feed her and anna goes that's my aunt Anne." (gasps) and aunt bia goes no ma this is annie your new great-granddaughter but nana hadn't lost her marbles yet (laughs) (laughs) and she goes i know that but her soul is aunt Anne's." and then Aaron goes, what? (laughs) We are very Catholic. Reincarnation usually isn't an idea we pass around. But how weird that they were both named the same name. Yeah. My parents did not know about Nana's Aunt Anne until this moment. 
and there's no way she was named after her. Freaky, but we all brushed it off and we moved on. (laughs) Years later, Nana did start to lose her marbles in her old age, about six months before she passed. The only person she remembered and could recognize towards the end was my sister Annie, despite the fact that we rarely saw her since we lived far away. The last time I saw her, we walked into the nursing room and she goes, oh, Anne, and they hugged and then she just sat there and smiled at us while we talked. Annie's always been described as an old soul. She was really devastated when Nana passed away, but doesn't remember anything about a past life. However, we all saw what happened when they met as a 90-year-old woman and a six-month-old baby, and it was definitely the first time they'd seen each other since Nana left Ireland in the 1920s. <gasps> oh, that's so sweet. <sighs> I, I love, love that. that. Wow. To just, like, look at someone, look at their eyes and know that it's yeah. someone else that you used to love and, and for, that was in your family. And for a tiny baby to like crawl directly to her nana yeah and at six months old too yeah. to be staring at her and stroking her face right. she reached out and stroked nana's face oh <gasps> a six-month-old baby does not have that attention no. span to crawl directly to someone and then have a moment and i imagine neither of them blinked the whole time their eyes welled with tears. Yeah. A sparkle of an old memory. Oh, an old friend oh, oh. that they hadn't seen in many years. Reunited. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh. And oh, it's just so sweet. <laughs> oh, 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 what? It's just so <laughs> sweet. Anne and Nana Rogers. That could be a movie. That 100% could be a movie. It, it sounds like um, a Pixar short. Oh, yes. And I actually totally pictured, like, a cute little, like, tiny Pixar baby with, like, the crystally uh-huh. blue twinkling eyes. Oh, it would be so good. Just a little four-minute, eight-minute clip oh. before your movie. All right, Pixar. To make you cry Pixar. before you watch. Frozen 8. Frozen 8. Pixar should hire me and you, and we can write this. Well, I mean, <laughs> Aaron already wrote it. So. Aaron actually lived it, so... Copyright. <laughs> <laughs> and now we're putting it on the podcast, so there's no way we can steal it because everyone will know. Damn it. Dang it. All right. Fine, Aaron. You win. Maybe that's a good way of reserving our ideas. Just say saying them on the podcast here? so it's like, no, here's proof that it was already an idea and it was out there and it belongs to us. Huh. That's a good idea. Hold on. Leia. She's being very loud. My nose feels itchy just thinking about her. <laughs> I literally, like, I, know. I honestly don't think I can ever come over again. All right. That was such a quick reaction. I'm going to buy a second apartment so that whenever you're in town, we can go record there. I know, because we can't, like, I can't. I know. Or we can go, <laughs> we can book library rooms at LMU and record in there. Oh my gosh, we can. Can we do that as alumni? I think so. If not, Christian's still there, so we'll make my brother do it for us. Oh, that was my other news. Well, I already told you, though. Did you see Christian? No, the LMU thing. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone's an alumni of LMU, Wednesday night, which actually is the night that this of this episode comes out. So, yeah, in 12 hours, basically. Right. If you, you want to leave work early or fly to L.A., Leia! Okay, I, Leia. I need to... Give her a big hug. Stop. Hey, come here. Oh. Okay. What was I going to say? Oh, so tonight, Wednesday, March 21st, if you're listening to this podcast today, I am going to be on a LMU panel for Pathways in the Entertainment Industry. Huge honor. I know. I'm really Huge excited. Honor. Basically, they think Sabrina's super successful in the entertainment super industry successful. and asked her to come speak. Little do they know, I'm just an assistant. No, they do know. But you're also the host, the co-host of a podcast. I know. I'm going to talk about it and get new listeners tomorrow night. So you, you, while other people might be doing something in one area, you are doing two things mm-hmm. that are related to the entertainment and industry. And I'm a damn good cat mom at the same time 
thought you were going to say dancer. <laughs> it just looked like you were going to say it. You didn't know? And I'm a damn good dancer. You didn't know, Corinne? No, I've seen you dance. It's amazing. <laughs> There's a hole in the wall. It's a day Okay. I have a really amazing story. I, okay. I don't, I'm No purpose. I'm just going to do it. So this is from Melissa, and the subject line is, I hope you dance. So she says... I hope you dance. Wait, is that the song? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope you dance. dance. Hi, Spooky Sisters. I am a huge paranormal nerd and have always been fascinated by the unexplainable. I literally just started listening to your podcast two weeks ago, and I'm already a Supa Dupa fan. Supa Dupa. Supa Dupa. I've always considered myself a spiritual person, so I'd like to share some stories about what I perceive to be my, to be two of my dear loved ones communicating with me from the other side. Mwahahaha. JK, it's actually really sweet. <laughs> Apologies in advance for the novel I'm about to type, but, my, but like most people telling personal stories, they think that every detail counts. I'll start with my best friend. <laughs> Which is kind of true, because it's like your personal thing and you, yeah. You're so close to it, it that you true. can't really tell what's important. I get self-conscious about me telling stories because sometimes I'll be like in the middle of a story and I'm like, I've already been talking for three minutes and I'm, I gave them so much detail that didn't matter. Did you know you talk for like an hour on this podcast multiple times a week? Yeah, but that's people's choice. They can come. <laughs> they can come and listen. listen. And they can also, they have a skip button. Oh, yeah, yeah. But people that I talk to in person are trapped. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Well, I like your stories. I think they're great. Thanks, Sabrina. I like yours, too. Oh, thank you. Okay. This is why we're here. <laughs> this is what we came for. Okay. Um, so, I'll start with my best friend and explain how that ties into my stepdad later in the story. I've changed my best friend's name out of privacy for her family. My best friend Sarah and I met in sixth grade, and we quickly became attached at the hip. At the end of ninth grade, my family moved to another state, which separated the two of us. Our relationship held strong, though, with visits to each other every few months and a pact to go to the same college and be roommates. Fast forward a few years later to 2007, and we were moving into our dorm room at USC. Gamecocks, not Trojans. <laughs> Unfortunately, just two months into our freshman year, my best friend tragically passed away in a house fire along with six other students. Oh, my God. I know. To say this rocked my world would be a huge understatement. After her passing, I had many dreams about her, often of her smiling and laughing, which was a comfort to me. I never felt that I was visited by her in a dream, but these warm memories served me well in my grief. I did have one experience where I went to see a Turkish coffee reader slash medium whose first words to me when we started the session were, who plays soccer? Sarah was a soccer player her entire life and the only friend I'd ever had who had played that sport. Coincidence? I think not. I think not as well. I think not as well. Three. A separate incident entirely happened just a year before her passing, was the passing of my stepfather in 2006. My parents divorced when I was pretty young, and a lack of relationship with my biological father made me very close to my stepfather, Steve. When I was 14, he was diagnosed with brain cancer and passed just shy of two years later. At the time of his death, one of his favorite songs was I Hope You Dance by Leanne Womack. We had a friend sing it at his funeral, and my step-uncle, Steve's brother, had a wood sign made with, a, made with the title for my mom to hang in her house. This will come into play later. Steve was not a religious or spiritual person in any way, shape, or form. He was, very logical, he was a very logical, rational thinker with many educated views on the world. However, shortly after his passing, I dreamed about him in a way that felt, that felt very real. The emotions evoked in the dream were almost tangible, which leads me to believe that this was his way of communicating with me from the other side, even though he was a non-believer. I dreamed that Steve and I were up in the sky looking through a hole in the clouds down at the world. We saw my mom walking into this donut place we always used to go to as a family, and she was smiling so big. I could feel her happiness. Steve looked at me and smiled and said, See, she'll be okay. Just tell her I love her. I told my mom about the dream, which made her weep, and this vivid memory has never left me. 
Which makes me think that, like, oh even though he wasn't a believer in life, like, in the afterlife, you you find the answers and, you know, he was showing right. to her this, like, beautiful moment in what oh might be gosh, the afterlife. I know. Oh, it gets... What a special experience. It's even more special. As a paranormal enthusiast, I have looked for signs for my best friend and my stepdad constantly throughout my life. Unfortunately, unfortunately, with little to be discovered. Which, I feel like she thinks that, but I also felt like the dreams that she had of her best friend, while yes, they were dreams of, you know, like, it was more memories, but, like, her friend could have been sharing those memories to make her feel better, you know, the happiness. Right, right, putting them in her mm-hmm. mind. Just the happy thoughts. Um, until last year, on the weekend, when I got engaged. So my now... Oh, congrats. I know. So my now fiancé planned a weekend trip to Park City, Utah in March of 2017 with my sister and her fiancé to go snowboarding. Little did I know that this was all a cover for the proposal. Ironically, Mm -hmm. upon arrival, I noticed on Snapchat that Sarah's little sister was also in Park City with her mom. I had not seen Sarah's mom in about 10 years at this point, so I couldn't believe they were actually both in the same place as me. I live in L.A. while Sarah's mom resides in South Carolina. So, of course, I reached out to her and I made a plan to meet up with them sometime throughout the weekend. Our second night there was the night of the proposal. Everything went off went off without a hitch, and we met up with Sarah's family afterwards, which was a special experience for me. I find it hard to believe that it's just pure coincidence that Sarah's sister and mom would be in Park City the same exact weekend as me and on the weekend where I was going to get engaged. I know in my heart that this was Sarah working her magic from beyond and sending me her family support in her absence. After the celebrations commenced that evening, we hopped in an Uber to head back to the house we rented. It was March, so in the Uber, the driver was listening to March Madness games on the radio. We stopped at a gas station so the guys could run in and grab something quick, and the Uber driver was parked under one of those pump overhangs. When the guys returned to the car, one of the games was a total blowout, so the driver decided to change the channel to a music station instead. Since we were over the... Oh my gosh. I know. So, <laughs> oh, Since no. we were under the overhang, the station was complete static until he pulled forward a bit. Once the music became clear, my sister and I both gasped and quickly learned, <laughs> turned to look at one another. It was I Hope You Dance by Leanne Womack. My whole... <laughs> bo- like, my ankles have goosebumps. Everything. Oh, this song is, like, from 2003, so for it to be playing 14 years later on the radio at this very moment was so surprising. We both instantly burst into tears and pretty much cried the entire ride home. Icing on the cake... That Uber driver was probably like, what in the heck did I, I know. <laughs> the icing on the cake, right after that song, Brown Eyed Girl played next, which was a song that Steve used to sing to me all the time as a child since I have brown eyes. That weekend was the most magical weekend of my life, and I will be dancing with my step-uncle to I I Hope You Dance at my wedding this July. Apologies again for the length, and thanks if you made it this far. Those experiences are so personal to me, and it's exciting to share them with some diehard believers. Haven't met many in my life. Uh, You girls are so awesome, but I'm sure you already know that. Thanks for reading, and best of luck to you both and in the future with your podcast. Stay spooky, Mel. Wow. Oh, wow. I mean, isn't it beautiful? Yes. And I have so many mixed emotions because it's tragic. She have those incredible experiences if she didn't lose two very important people in her life, which is just such a tragedy. Right. But she had just like the most wonderful signs given to her that were all positive and meant for her to feel good and remember happy times and like on one of the most special moments of her life being getting right. engaged and like if showing honestly support. like if she had any doubts of like if that was not the right man those are probably all gone now like 100 percent, right. she is meant to be with her fiance like it's like it's so beautiful two people from who have passed on in your life coming back to you on the same day right or same weekend to tell you that you're doing the right thing and that they're there yeah. with you Oh, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sabrina's, like, crumpling and to I'm the red. ground. My face is, like, heating up. Oh, wow. It's That's so beautiful. A... It really is. And sad. I just, yeah, I mean, 
losing people is so difficult. And I think like in moments in those times, like you really do look for something as a sign or like mm-hmm. something to know that they're okay. And I, I mean, I, I 100% believe she had ex- paranormal experiences with right. both of those. And I doubt that those will be the last ones. Like, what if on her wedding day, like, she gets another sign from her stepdad and Sarah? I know. And you know what? I just can't help but think, because I am a believer in reincarnation, Mm -hmm. I just can't help but wonder if when she's children or when other people come into her life that were more recently born, if there will be any sort of signal that that could be... I, the other person. I bet. I bet she will. I always wondered that about um, my dad's father because my grandpa passed away when my dad was 14 from a heart attack. Right. And um, one of my cousins, when she was really little, she's still pretty young, but when she was really little, she was talking to someone, like talking to a man. She had a friend. And then when my aunt was going through old photos one day, my cousin pointed at my late grandfather and no knew way. exactly who he was and it was the person that she had been like playing with hanging out with so it was my grandpa robert but i do i do wonder like if anyone will have a child in the future and it will maybe be grandpa robert oh. you know it's like aaron's story right uh, well should we end it on something a little less pretty <laughs> Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. I guess. Okay, this is from Holly. It is called Suicide Creates Satanic Cults and Ghosts in the Bible Belt. Oh my gosh. So, that's just laying it out for you. Yeah. What could it be? <laughs> she said, says, said, says, I don't know. Whatever. She's currently Hi, saying. Hi, ladies. I just... What? She's currently saying right now, through you. Well, yeah. She's that's possessed what we're trying to make you. it sound like. What if, oh my God, what if ever, what? this is so, so this is such a stupid thought. People are going to make fun of me. But what if we, every time we were actually reading a story, the person who wrote the email is actually possessing us to make them, make us read their story and they're speaking through us. Oh my gosh, we're channeling them. Yes. Okay, back to Holly's story. Okay. She said... Hi, ladies. I just want to start off by saying thank you for your podcast as it reassures me that my fascination with the paranormal is not as uncommon as I had previously thought. What are you talking about? Yes, it is. It's so weird. Why why do you like the paranormal? (laughs) Freak. (laughs) Weirdo. (laughs) I have a story from the good old town straight from the Bible Belt, Phoenix City, Alabama. Sorry if this email is long. I just still remember all of the details like it was yesterday. Our town had the remnants of an old two-story church that was on a giant hill right above what used to be the only Walmart in town. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it was a Walmart. Uh, That's not what I thought it was going to (laughs) be. I'm like picturing this old, like, western sort of set, and it's like the Walmart was there. (laughs) Sliding doors. Yep. Word on the street went that this church went to shambles so the preacher hung himself just above the opening of the choir that looked down into the below congregation jeez wow whether we know this story to be true or not i will never know after the church shut down satanic cults flocked to the abandoned building on the hill to take part in rituals not limited to burning bodies (gasps) and dissection of animals to appease their one and only their one and only who get on tinder meet someone else Red flag. (laughs) I think like a thousand (laughs) red flags there. You only get three red flags before you need to turn your head and just run away. (laughs) Maybe less than. Maybe one. (laughs) Maybe one. I don't know. I always get people like seven. And then a year later, I'm like, what was I doing? I was blinded by love. I mean. Puppy love. One of the guys out here had a freaking crouching demon attached (laughs) to him. Don't come closer, crouching demon. Ooh. Now, being a teenager, we thought it would be a wonderful idea to visit the building, which by now is halfway in shambles. We show up and climb the hill as there's no visible driveway at this point, and upon entering the building, we make our way to the basement, which is littered with trash, 
and what we could not make out to be either dust or ashes, as it was five o'clock in the morning, so lighting was sparse. I can say that you can definitely tell that cult activity was prevalent as we saw what appeared to be makeshift altars and graffiti on the wall of the devil doing some questionable things to angels. <gasps> oh, That's messed up. Um, what? I have to give it to them, though. We were impressed with their artistic skills. Oh, I just... <laughs> oh, sometimes my mind is so dirty. I was going to uh. say, don't give it to them like he was giving it to the angels. Oh! <laughs> to say 12 Hail Marys to be forgiven. <laughs> yes, Corinne, I will. I'll kneel on the okay. bed tonight before I go to bed. Okay. Ask for forgiveness. <laughs> okay. It made light of the situation that we were not only trespassing, but we're getting ourselves into some Scooby-Doo and the gang shit. Yeah. Whatever we did, we decided that we would not split up. Good, Good call. call. Good call. Oh, jinx. Some people are smart. I bet the next sentence is like, we split up. <laughs> Now here comes the really creepy part. We make our way to the basement and up the main floor. What we saw was a giant empty room which was filled with more makeshift altars, ashes, dust, and litter. Nothing creepier than polluting the planet, am I right? (laughs) We notice that above us is an open second floor where there is nothing except a platform for the choir right in front of the giant window that overlooks the city and another platform on the other side that is a lot smaller. Maybe for a sound system or something? Who knows? So we figure the only way to get to each platform is that each has its own door underneath the platform on the main level, except for a single beam that connects them from side to side, which was clearly not meant for walking. We decided to take the... Thank God. I thought they were going to say we walked across the beam. Yeah. We decided to take the door closet, which led to the smaller platform, and once up there, we decided that we did not want to go downstairs, but instead we used a single beam (gasps) to test our balancing skills and make our way to the second platform with the window overlooking the city. Oh, no. Not a smart decision, but, like, I just know that when I was a teenager, I would do the same thing. I know. But it also reminds me of the scene in Pirates of the Caribbean in the, the sword shop when they're fighting. I don't remember it. No. I only watch movies once and then never again. Oh, you mean you haven't watched Harry Potter 800 times? I'm, no, I'm not you. <laughs> the only thing I've watched, like, multiple, multiple times is Mamma Mia, which doesn't make sense because I don't really like musicals, but I love it. <laughs> it's a good movie. Okay. Okay. After all four of us crossed over, we stood in awe with how beautiful our town was with the sun barely peeking over the horizon. While in the midst of our awe, we were jolted back to reality with an ear-piercing scream of a woman clearly coming from the basement. Oh. We all looked at each other, and I could not see a hint of color on either of our faces. With that sign, we all started screaming and running down to the only staircase we had available just to pass not only litter trash, ash, and dust, but birds that had been clearly mutilated. No. Honestly, we had never ran so fast in our lives. Mm. Most of us lost our shoes on that staircase or in the mud when we ran outside just to stop halfway down the hill a minute later. We all stopped to do a quick recollection of what happened. While we were talking over what we had heard and saw, we all decided to look back up at the old church just to see a black figure standing before the giant window that we were just in front of and had no way of not passing him or it due to the only staircase that led to that platform. Needless to say, we still get a bad vibe every time we talk about this, and we have no idea if it was someone that was already there hiding in the dark (gasps) or if it was a paranormal entity or possibly the preacher. Either way, we know that whatever it was, it was with us the whole time. (gasps) Thanks for taking the time to read my story. Love you guys and the stories. Can't wait to hear more. Holly. Okay, I really hope it was a paranormal thing because could you imagine... A creepy satanic worshiper hiding out and, like, hiding with those, like, mutilated birds the whole time they were yeah. in there. And watching you and then probably, they probably wanted them to fall because it waited until oh. they were in a bad spot to then scream. I, trapping them. Oof. Scares me. Oh, my God. I can't believe that the birds were mutilated. That's so sad. I know. So she said it could possibly be the preacher, which would make sense because right. he committed 
well, story goes, he committed suicide there. But then also the fact that there was satanic worship at that location, or maybe still is satanic worship, it just opens the door to so many more darker things darker coming things, in. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. I don't know. It could have been a wide variety of things, but I just feel like where there's Satan worshipers, there's Satan. Oh my gosh. Or the I wonder or... if when Walmart was right below it, if the employees ever experienced anything. Ooh, or just, like heard weird noises at night, especially right. for, like restocking. Because the church was right above yeah. where the Walmart was. I wonder. It's like you're closing and you're walking to your car at 1 a.m. There's like a no sleep. I think it's a no sleep podcast episode where they are stuck in a like a Costco type of store and they like get locked in it because it's actually like a paranormal weird thing. Oh my gosh. I can't remember what it's from. I think it's no sleep. I can't remember. If you had to live the rest of your life in one store, which store would it be? Target. That's what my mom always says. It has everything. Super Target. Yeah. It has everything. Where you would do Pottery Barn, Pier One. Home Depot. I'd build myself a house with all the equipment. That's smart. Yeah, I know. And then I have a garden. But they don't have much food. But they have seeds. I grow my own garden. Yeah, you're right. I know I'm right. Everyone <laughs> thinks that I'm wrong, but I'm right. I never said you were wrong. I know, but everyone, whenever I say Home Depot, they're like, but this, but that. And I'm like, uh-uh. You will eventually get sick of your canned food, and you're going to wish that you were over by my banana trees and eating my carrots and potatoes. But they'll have Twizzlers at Target, which is, like, all I need. So you, you might not have to live long at all. You might just die. Yeah. From all the sugar in But, like, you know, at that point, if I'm stuck in Target by myself, I may as well, like, overeat Twizzlers and just say bye, good night. There are no mattresses in Home Depot. So mm. in terms of, like, a comfortable bed, I'm not really sure what I would do. You could... Ooh, well, they have those, like, you know, the, um, the stuff that they put in uh, attics? The pink stuff? Insulation. Insulation. You could just put a ton of those bags... Yeah, but it's really it's really itchy if you touch it. Cover it with... I guess I could lay stuff on top of it. Cover it with, like, a painter's tarp. I'm, like, really genuinely trying to think this out mm-hmm. very hard. Like, I actually have to do it. Well, As you never really know. As if I have to do it, I'm like, shoot, what am I going to do? Problem solve, problem solve. Honestly, that's a good place to live also, end of world type of stuff. I regret saying it because now everyone's going to flock to Home Depot. <laughs> But I'm not going to let them in because my army of squirrels and raccoons and mice will get them. Oh, I didn't know we could have armies of animals. Well, you can't. You're in a Target. <laughs> squirrels and mice. Well, I guess mice will be anywhere. They can go to Target. I just need Leia. <laughs> Give me that. Leia and Twizzlers. Oh, man. Oh. Well, you guys. <laughs> this was another fun one. We felt things. We were scared. What's new? Sabrina cried. Yeah. Leia meowed. We both maybe gave our go at singing, as we usually do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we hope you come back again. <laughs> we hope to see you again. Please come back. Please. Okay. Here's to hoping that there's no clicking in this episode, uh. because I'm working with a new microphone and equipment. Thank you again, John. Yeah. Fingers crossed. And now I hope it just doesn't pass on to mine. If it does, like... If it, I mean, if it does with yours, that makes sense because you have the same mic. But if this new equipment has anything go wrong, then we just know we've been hexed. We, we have cursed. ghosts. Something is haunting us, and I should mm-hmm. call a priest. Sounds like a plan. So, um, as always, if you have ghost stories, please send them to us. We like happy. We like sad. We like scary. Honestly, you can make us happy very easily. Just... Send us your ghost stories to two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. And the numbers two and one are spelled out. They are not the numbers. T W O ghost one. No. One. Oh, I tried to spell out one and I said one. <laughs> oh, and you said two this ghosts. This is just more confusing. And now. you said two ghosts, not girls. <laughs> Whatever. You know what? <laughs> 
I just show up. You okay? get it. <laughs> if you don't know by now, get out. Uh, well, clearly I don't. <laughs> my brain's not working. As always, that's my excuse every single mm-hmm. episode. We have social media, so please yeah. follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Follow or like our Facebook page. And then also join our private Facebook page. That's where we get yeah. a lot of suggestions um, and ideas for upcoming episodes. And we promise if you felt weird your whole life about paranormal stuff, you will finally find your people in that Facebook group. Right. And you're going to be like, whoa, I thought I had some stuff. Yeah. But everyone else is just as into the paranormal and experiencing some crazy things in their lives yeah so get on in there and then rate and review us on itunes please and to get 15 percent off of your first order with framebridge go to framebridge.com and use promo code tgog and then we will see you on the other side. side